Well, this morning I want to talk about, I get the opportunity to talk about stones of accusation. Uh, I, love, I love the background Glenn, <laughs> Glenn got for me. There's a lot of stones out there. Uh, but I want to take you to John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. Uh, and uh, and let's, let's read through this, and then, then we'll talk about it a little bit. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, now early in the morning. He came again to the temple, and all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something on which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued to ask him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is, uh, who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted of their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So we, we go back and we begin, to, we begin to tear the story apart. The, the, the boys that brought her brought the adulterous woman to Jesus and threw her in the circle. I'm sure, I'm sure it was harsh. I can, I can only imagine how they brought her up and they just pitched her like a piece of uh, refuse, a piece of trash, you know. And so, so, so they, they, they throw her in the middle there and they want justice. They not only want justice, they want to trip up Jesus. So they, they, they have more motives going on there than just the justice of this woman. The, the interesting part, and, and I don't want to get too far down the road, but uh, I'm not so sure that uh, this woman wasn't known by pretty much every one of them men at some time or other. I mean, we got to think outside this box a little bit. If you're just reading the scripture and going and going, uh, well, that's, that's, that's a story, and these were good, righteous, upright men. Well, I want to tear this a little deeper. Where, where was the man that she was caught in the act with? Okay, uh, if you want justice, where's the man? Why ain't he pitched in the middle? Did Jesus say only women who are caught in the act of adultery should be stoned? No, I don't think so. But there's something about the good old boy club. 
<laughs> we have them. We have them even today. The good, old, the good old boy, the good old, hey man, the family name rolls on and on and they can do no wrong club. But there's a day of justice that comes for everybody. But that's what they were driven by right at that moment was justice. So a woman caught in adultery is brought to the town, town center. She is to pay for her sin with her life. She, she's about to give it all up. Now, she kind of knew the risk because she knew the law of Moses. She knew what could happen if she got caught. But again, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking in behind the curtain a little bit. Why, as long as everybody was, was in the midst of the take, then nobody was going to make a big deal out of, the, out of it. So she probably, she probably went on underneath the radar for a long time. And I know I'm making a little conspiracy theories going on here. I get it. But I, I think the Bible gives us a little bit of room to do that. And, and so now we've got, we've got a woman caught in adultery there. We've got the master there. He was teaching, and they said, this is an opportunity to throw her in the midst. So they do. And, and then he, he's listening and he hears them and he kneels down. And, and I really believe he knelt down between the woman who was caught, the woman being accused, and those who were going to throw the rock. And the reason I believe that because he began to write in the sand. And I believe as he wrote in the sand, they could read. It was clear enough that they could read what he was writing. So you can't do that if the woman's laying there in front and he's writing in me. So again, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reading into this a little bit, but it makes for an interesting story as, as Jesus writes there. And the scripture says, if you, if you go in and you study it, he writes against them. See, so it doesn't just say he writes. If you get into the Hebrew, it actually says, he writes against the people that are there standing with the stones. And, and so Jesus begins, begins to write, and, uh, and he's not giving them a whole lot of time or day, a whole lot of attention. They're getting irritated. So they, they hey, are you hearing what we're saying? What do you say? They, they, they go after him again, and he says, you're right. If you want to push the issue, you're right. See, he had just finished writing against them and they ignored what he had written the first time. So, so Jesus, uh, Jesus just stayed silent and they began to push again. I'm almost wondering if he didn't clear the slate and begin to write a little more personal. <laughs> he wrote against them again. Now, this ain't a story that Jesus told. This is, this is part of a Jesus' life walking. So this was, this was truly the culture of the day. The woman, the woman was done, according to what was going on in her mind. Everybody that knew her, her friends and all were there, and she says, she, she's, man, she blew it this time. She's, she's going down, and for the sin. And then uh, Romans 8, 7 uh, Jesus begins to speak. And as we read the scripture, Jesus did not try to convince them against the law. 
Jesus was even in the playing field is what he was doing. See, he didn't, he didn't sit there and say, yeah, but she's a decent woman. Yeah, but today we're going to give her a pass. No, Jesus says, you got, you got every right to do this. When Jesus had raised himself up, and uh, can I have 8-7 uh, up here? Is that 8-7? Okay. This they said to him, testing him, that they might have something to which to accuse him. See, again, they were, they were playing, playing both things. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So he wrote against them the first time. So when they continued to ask him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. So now, now he's, now he's laying, out, laying out the things before them. Jesus begins to speak. He begins to, to level the playing field against the good old boy club, and he begins to take control in the calm, wonderful way that Jesus can. He didn't go off. He didn't explode. He didn't turn over the, the tables, you know, like he did. He was, he was just calm and and, and so good the way Jesus did this. And, and, and then uh, the, next, the next one, Jesus, Jesus begins to show his hand. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus was a true leader, a rising leader at that time, had many followers. And Jesus begins to show his hand on the type of leader who he truly was. What a merciful, wonderful, forgiving leader he, he was at that time. Now he was leaning into... We know a whole lot more today. The Old Testament law, which she should be stoned. And then we've got the New Testament walking around, actually writing against the people. The New Testament grace and mercy had come on the scene and was standing in between those that were going to throw the rock and the woman. And he shows, he says, this is the type of leader I'm going to be. He said that without words. You know, as, as he, he looked at her and he says, where are thou accusers, woman? She says, there is no more, Lord. And he says, go and sin no more. He didn't call up the batch too. hey, y'all, y'all want a stoner? He didn't, you know, he didn't go through the whole crowd. He says, go and sin no more. He says, he says, get up and, and depart. So let's, let's look at the story a little bit more. So we, we have this, this young lady who's just been set free. Jesus moves on to do Jesus' ministry and to teach and to preach. This young lady sitting there. And I want, I want you to put yourself in her position for a moment in your own mind and heart that I have been caught in my sin. 
Christ has come and claimed and cleaned up all my sin. And all the accusers, even to this day, you can look around you in your life in the spirit world and see the rocks of accusation that they dropped and walked away from. The interesting thing that I find about many men and women that I get the opportunity to sit across the table from, they can tell me about the rocks that were dropped and where they were spared that day. But they want to go down and they want to play with the rocks again. They want to go down and collect them. If you ever want to collect the rocks of accusation that the enemy has hurled against you, God has cut and forgiven you and they're laying there. But yet you're going to go down and you're going to play with them. And you're going to collect them and you're going to put them in a bucket or a bag and, and you may carry them around for a while because you have not found yourself worthy to be free. That freedom that, that we were declaring a little bit ago, you have to give up that you have the right to it. You don't. Jesus gave that freedom to you. You don't, you don't, you don't get to earn it. You don't get to have it any other way, but he has, he has handed it over to you this morning. So these rocks of accusation, and I find myself with them. I go out there, and I, I find those fascinating rocks, and going, I'm not sure that Jesus really meant to forgive me for this, because this was, this was one of the worser sins. Worser. Don't you like that? Worser sin. <laughs> if we're going to go sin, let's go worser sin. <laughs> and I was thinking about this the other day, and I was thinking, huh, what, would I, what, what did I do with some of those rocks? I think I was talking to, I don't know who I was talking to for sure, but uh, it might have been my son-in-law, Jeff. We were, we were talking about our first bow and arrows. My first bow and arrow I got on Christmas morning, one morning, and I was outside playing with it. And I'm, a, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. What's the first thing I do? I take that baby and I shoot it straight up. Nobody said we were smart, okay? <laughs> no, that did not come with a disclaimer. When you get this, do not shoot this straight up because what goes up, normally it will come straight down. I don't know how, I don't know how it missed me. I think it was within inches of, and it didn't take long to figure that out. I did not have to be pinned to the ground or anything. But, but what, what, how? How amazing that we won't take these rocks of accusation and we won't do the same thing. We won't, we won't sit and toss them and play with it and show it, show it around that, hey, this is, this is my sin. This is what the Lord has forgiven me for, but I haven't let him take it away yet. I'm, I've still got it, and, and I want to parade it around. I want to show you. The rocks of accusation are laying all around in your life. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse the playing field and to move on. He who is free is free indeed. Is free forever until you go pick it back up. Oh, shoot, that clause in there. That clause. You can go pick your sin back up. You can go pick those Rocks of accusation back up. Now those, those, those rocks, it's almost like they speak to you. Come, 
They're, they're almost enchanting. They, they, they want to draw you back. But I'm telling you what, love what the Lord loves and hate what the Lord hates. We get to practice that. And you know what? how we do that? We begin to put those seeds in our hearts. We begin to use those words. The same words that many of you declare over yourself many times. Oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb what I did there. I, I, I don't deserve that. Why would God, why would I think that God could do that for me? I'm not really deserving of those things. Voices of, of the past, of the accusation continue to come to get you to keep these things alive. And the interesting thing is you're, you're an easy target because you're not rehearsing who you are in Christ. You're not rehearsing uh, that beautiful song, Oh, come let us adore you, Lord. Because it is in you that all things are new. It's in you that I am a son of the living God. It's in you that I'm a child of the Christ. It's in you that I can, I can conquer all things through you, O oh God. You get, to, you get to choose this morning whether you want to play with those rocks of accusation. They're laying there, but it's time to give them up. There's not one of us in here that if Jesus come down and start writing in the, on the carpet here this morning and writing against you, that you wouldn't be dropping your accusations and go away. We all have sinned and come short of his glory. Have we not? I'm, st I'm still perplexed on where's the man in this thing. Somebody, somebody in my justice piece in me. Okay, I'm as justice driven as these guys getting ready to throw the stone. Where is that dude? Hey, where's Frank? He was, I saw him with, with her this morning. I hope there's nobody named Frank in here this morning. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going down. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you Pastor Jeff's email. Send all the emails courtesy <laughs> Pastor Jeff. <laughs> uh, but where is this dude? Come on. And, you know, Jesus wasn't even worried about that. He says, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take care of this lady. Because ladies, my apologies, but in that culture, you didn't have a lot of value. You were, you were to be used, it seemed like. Thank God that this, this culture is not like that. Most of the time, yet I've seen those relationships where we have treated you that way in this culture. I treated my beautiful wife that way for a lot of years in this. But thank God that I could throw that when that rock of accusation came and Jesus, Jesus says, hey, there's nobody there to throw it anymore. I was forgiven. It's gone. Now, something I can, I can talk about in teaching and using but it, do, it doesn't daunt me anymore. It, doesn't, it isn't going to clobber me. It isn't going to take control. See, see the difference? We get to use these things of our past. We all have some color in our past. We have some tainted things that we've done, said, moved. But you know what? There's so many times that that past comes in handy to help, help someone else relate to the old boy that's sitting across the table. 
Sometimes what me and my, my girl have gone through with another couple sitting across, they can relate because they go, you've been through it. They look at her and they go, girl, you've really been through it. You still look good for being going through all that. She's back there shaking her head, but that's right. Glory to God. Well, let, let's just, w women who serve the Lord and love the Lord, they have a glow. They look good. They, they're just, there's just an attraction to women that love the Lord. You guys don't say much about that. So Jesus is that divide that has to be crossed for, for the, the guys getting ready to pitch the stones and the woman. I love how Jesus wrote in the sand. And, and you know, so many of these guys that tell the story that he's probably wrote old girlfriends' names or old, old haunt names, you know, in the sand against them. And he started from the oldest on down. But he was sure that everybody had something going on. Again, all have sinned and come short of that glory. Jesus released the woman at that moment from her sin, from her guilt, from her shame. And he gave her, he gave her orders, go, go and sin no more. Go and have life. Go, go, go and, and make, make something new. Go and celebrate. Go and let people know the goodness of what I have been able to do for you. This woman was able to accept this in her heart, that moment. Why do we fight something that's so simple? The gospel is really so simple, yet we like to come make it so complex and hard. The gospel is about so much love, so much grace. See, I love, I love when Jesus came on the scene because that's when the word grace really came into the scriptures. Jesus brought grace. Jesus is grace. Thank you, Lord, for surrounding me with grace. And the spirit of grace lives within me. The spirit of grace when I wake up in the morning, my, my cup is full of the spirit of grace. And, and I quit asking for the filling now. I'm asking for the overflowing so my grace can go over to you that I run into in the day. See, I, I don't have to fill that cup. If I'm living from victory to victory, why well, am I always looking to fill my cup? My cup is already full. What I'm looking for in that victory is that I can splash on you and you and I together can go to the next victory and hang out. Man, that, that's when it's beautiful. That, that's when you see, see God in the midst. We all find that we need Jesus to intervene on our behalf when we find ourselves there on the ground. But, but Christ doesn't want to take you there every week. You're not taken to that, that, that field and throw it in the midst of every week. It's a one and done if you choose to keep it that way. You know, after, after a while, uh, it was Paul that was talking to us. He says, you know what? You're no longer sinners. You're saints that sin." 
your saints that are, are renewing the mind, your saints that are grabbing hold of the process and keep the word process in mind. Process isn't an automatic push the button and it happens and the, and the, you know, the snack falls out. Process is the making of. And sometimes the, that can be a fast process and sometimes that can be a very laboring, slow process. And I choose the fast. I live in an instant society, so when I get with Jesus, I want it to be fast. But I don't always get it that way. Sometimes there is a process of him. I just, I just wish, I wish you could all really, if I could fillet my heart, you could see what God really wants for you this morning and what he wants you to get, where he wants the freedom to go in you, where he wants you to excel, where he wants to give. See, again, I, I keep going to this and you're going to get tired. You quit asking. You go, you know what? I, was, I, did, I got this many kudo points and so I get, I get this prize. I saved up this many points, so I get a T-shirt. I saved this many points, so I got, I got a new set of aviator glasses. I got this many points, so I get a Jesus hat. No. Jesus wants to outfit you with all of that, and then, hey, hey, Father, what else? Religion has said, who are we to be asking? I grew up in that religion. You know what? Wrong thinking. I wanted to use the S word, but I can't, I can't do that. I'll get in trouble. I'm not supposed to use that word. But uh, the, the wrong thinking has held us captive, has chained us to these rocks. To, to people, if you can't, you don't prosper because you're chained to that old way of thinking. Begin to look in the horizon. Again, I, I teach all my men who I sit with at some time or other, they'll hear this. The man that wins the bull ride in his mind sees himself getting the, the championship belt at the end of the day. If you will see yourself, hey, Christ, I, I need this in my life. Hey, Jesus, I would love to go do this. Those grand ideas come from him. I truly believe that he inspires in your heart ideas. And whether it's today or 10 years down the road, he's going to make that happen. Now, I'm not a name and claim it. I mean, I grew up with that too. But I do believe Jesus takes care of his kids. And I believe that we don't have enough because we don't ask for enough. We don't get it often because we don't ask for it often enough. And he wants to give it to you. Uh, now you, I, we, us are found looking at the rocks of all of those who have accused us. Will you just, can we just dispose of those this morning? Can we let those go and allow freedom to rule in our lives? Allow, allow us to get up and go and sin no more? Now the woman, I know, she got up and she went and did something. She got up and she sinned somehow. You know, maybe she didn't bring the, uh, enough sacrifice or something. 
We're going to sin, but that's where the grace that abounds so much more covers us. The, uh, the gospel is not simple sometimes. When, when we read that, go and sin no more, the skeptics out there are saying, well, there's no way she couldn't go and go sin no more. What Jesus was telling her, go and do your very best, and I will cover you just like I did here. Go out and live life, and when you find yourself in a hard time, look up at me, and you'll see me between those accusers and you here, and I'll be writing against your accusers. I will clear the field for you because I love you. I loved you before you knew me. Amen. So we're going to have just a little bit of altar time. I know you guys are up for another song or and uh